The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. You're with Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Happy World War Three Wednesday. I hope everyone is doing fantastic. We've got David, another Canadian. Every day I'm bringing you a Canadian perspective. David Gosselin will be returning to the broadcast, and then Lynn Taylor will be re- returning second hour to talk more on UN and the sustainable democide goals. A lot of news today. Good news out of Germany, C.J. Hopkins, the uh, um, U.S. author who I've had the pleasure of interviewing. Um, he was acquitted for tweeting about how the German health minister was a uh, Nazi for implementing the COVID Nazi regime. Uh, uh, There's one week the court has to appeal, but CJ in his substack says they probably won't do it. And if I were CJ, I would hightail it out of Germany and the Fourth Reich, known as the EU, head uh, to greener pastures. So good news for um, one of our dissident freedom fighters. Also, um, in globalist news, Democracy Without Borders posted an interesting article talking about how in 2024 elections will be held in over 70 countries. And they conclude by saying, um, this year will bring us many exciting elections, blah, blah, blah. And we should think big. Imagine that one day there could be global elections what might seem impossible at first glance is by no means just a pipe dream the idea of a world parliament and global elections think about that as one world elections is being spearheaded by democracy without borders and has already found many high-ranking supporters including former un sec gen butros butros gali by the way i've interviewed one of the the founders of democracy without borders that's in my podcast archive And they say the core demand is the establishment of a parliamentary assembly at the UN as a step towards the development of a global parliament, a world parliament, a one world parliament that is jointly elected by all world citizens. Right. I mean, look at our the elections that we have right now that are completely fraudulent. I'm sure, uh, you know, global elections would be much different. You know, They, they would be just totally clean and fair not like all of our you know collective national elections around the planet so uh, a lot of wishful thinking i mean i wish i could have some of what those guys were smoking over at democracy without borders to have such a you know view that hey you know our governments suck totally all 200 whatever of them around the world they're so corrupt at all level local state national but if we all like put them together in one, you know, global system, they're going to be amazing. They're going to be, it's not going to be any corruption there. <laughs> so, yeah. And this was an interesting piece um, titled Are Trade Clusters the Future of Geopolitics in 2024? I haven't read it yet, but uh, one of the, the summaries says this is, an, there's an interesting twist in the argument over whether or not the world is deglobalizing. It appears that we may not be deglobalizing as much as we are clustering into blocks of more or less like-minded parties, suggesting that trade is following politics. George Orwell spelled it out, basically, these regional blocks, um, and that's what the globalists are, are, are pushing for. 
So nice to know we're on track for their program. Pentagon moves to declassify some secret space programs and technologies. This is interesting. And the takeaway here, it says the policy does not mean that these programs and technologies will now be fully unclassified and revealed to the public. Instead, it will lower their classification levels in order to share some technologies and programs with private industry and international allies to help the U.S. build an asymmetric advantage and force multiplier that neither China nor Russia could ever hope to match, said the DOD. Kind of like, well, you know, they created the Internet. They then let it loose. They created GPS. Then they let it loose. They created Facebook. They let it loose. They created Google. They let that loose. Um, who knows what else they <laughs> they created? Probably like all the stuff that uh, Elon Musk is doing, Starlink and whatnot. Uh, who knows maybe even twitter was a darpa backroom project eastern caribbean countries mall regional biometric id to facilitate free movement L let me rewrite the headline 11 caribbean countries diabolically plan digital biometric id to um limit free movement See, that's the correct headline right there. So again, you're seeing all these countries pushing the algorithm ghetto. That's the core building block of the digital prison, biometric digital IDs, uh, which basically that's going to be the choke point. That's going to be how you access public or private services in the future if they have their way. Um, and some more fantastic news, the European Central Bank has asked some banks to closely monitor activity on social media to detect a worsening in sentiment, which could lead to a deposit run. We're uh, getting very, very close now to the cliff. Over the past couple of weeks, I've had you know, financial experts, John Rubino was on, Bill Holter, um, David Morgan and others, just they're all agreeing we are at the edge of the cliff and this is also interesting nuclear power generation will hit an all-time high next year in 2025 most of the new capacity will come online in china and india many countries recently put nuclear at the center of climate strategies sparking a revival of global interest in nuclear energy i've been saying for years now you know uranium is probably something good to investment that's not investment advice but uh look next year is going to be all-time high in terms of uh, nuclear power generation uh, a lot more war news which we'll get to in a bit and a reminder that uh, there are many ways you can listen live to tnt you can stream direct from the website tntradio.live you can get the app tnt radio app from the app stores uh, we're also live on youtube x rumble and odyssey we've got you covered on tnt Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, have for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. On Wednesday, the chairman of the Arizona Republican Party announced his resignation after an audio recording of him was leaked that apparently showed him offering U.S. Senate candidate Carrie Lake money to stay out of the race. Here with the story, joining me now, TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. 
Thanks, Harori. I don't know. I listened to the audio multiple times, and I got to say, uh, I think his goose is cooked. And by him, I mean Jeff DeWitt, the now former chairman of the Arizona Republican Party. I guess we can say that now. Um, yeah, I don't know if you heard this audio. Uh, he's, I don't know, he literally was yeah, bribing Carrie Lake. I mean, there's no other way of saying it. I mean, I don't, there's really no other way of saying it. Uh, however, he thinks he's been set up. I'm not making this up. Uh, in his resignation statement, Mr. DeWitt suggested that Miss Lake's team secretly recorded their conversation before leaking it to the media. He also accused her team of threatening to release more recordings, which he described as being taken out of context, although he apparently provided few details about that uh, thought there. Um, here's what he said in a statement. Mr. DeWitt says, quote, I said things I regret, but I realize when hearing Lake's recording that I was set up. I believe she orchestrated this entire situation to have control over the state party. And it is obvious from the recording that she crafted her performance responses with the knowledge that she was recording it, intending to use this recording later to portray herself as a hero, end quote. Yeah, he said the recording and release of the audio was tantamount to a quote unquote deceptive tactic and said it was a quote selectively edited audio recording. He said, quote, this is all such a distraction to that mission that I am doing as Miss Lake wishes and am stepping down as chairman of the Arizona Republican Party End quote. See, she was telling him he needs to step down. I guess he decided to take her advice. Going further, Mr. DeWitt said his relationship with Miss Lake was, quote, based on friendship, end quote, and that, quote, th that the, quote, conversation that is now being scrutinized was an open, unguarded exchange between friends in the living room of her house, end quote. As if that makes bribing any better. Anyways, he said, quote, I genuinely believed I was offering a helpful perspective to someone I considered a friend, end quote. Well, I don't know about you fine folks out there, but I don't have very many friends offering me such cha-ching types of perspectives. That would be quite helpful. Um, quote, I received an ultimatum from Lake's team. Resign today or face the release of a new, more damaging recording. I am truly unsure of its contents, but considering our numerous past open conversations as friends, I have decided not to take the risk, end quote. Whoa. Uh, a spokesperson for the Lake campaign released a statement uh, yesterday, January 23rd, saying that the, quote, tape speaks for itself, end quote, and noted that Miss Lake, quote, rejected DeWitt's multiple attempts to offer her money and corporate board seats in exchange for Kerry not running for public office, end quote. And yes, you can listen to the tapes. Again, that's kind of what it seems like. Um, the campaign said in their statement uh, or in a statement, quote, Oh, sorry, that no one from her campaign, quote, threatened or blackmailed DeWitt, end quote. Um, how did we all learn about this? Well, this is from yesterday, thanks to the Daily Mail, who first reported on the audio recording, uh, which, um, you know, does, as I say, reveal uh, this attempt to bribe her. It was a conversation from March 2023 between DeWitt and Lake months before she announced she was running for Arizona's U.S. Senate 
seat. And yes, as her campaign statement said, you can hear her refusing the offers multiple times. Uh, in fact, she said some crazy stuff for Rory. I don't know if you caught this, but she was saying things like, they'll have to murder me. They'd have to kill me. She was actually literally saying that stuff. I was just shocked. Uh, what do you think about all this? Um, you know, uh, Carrie Lake just won some social credit points uh, from me. Uh, and, you know, just take, I think we can, this is how politics works, right? Uh, all across the planet. And I think we could just take this example and multiply this incident by a thousand. Now this, you know, this sort of stuff probably going on every day at local municipalities, you know, with mayors and, and, and senators and state senators and presidents and um, all of that um, stuff. You know, I've, I've had John Perkins on the program, the economic hitman. That was his job to do it at the international level. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's crazy. And some of the things, you know, it says here, multiple attempts to offer her money, corporate board seats in exchange for her not running. Uh, he said, you know, is there any companies out there or something that could just put her on the payroll to keep her out? Uh, you know, it's a typical strategy. M most people would take that. And, and it's again, the here it's not left to right. It's it's all it's it's both. It's bipartisan. It's it's happening with the Republicans, the 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 the, the Democrats, probably, you know, some libertarian or independents. And, you know, th there was also I, I saw this video the other day from someone on Twitter. Maybe he's got a TikTok or Instagram account. He's got a big following. He said that uh, the Demo Democratic Party reached out to him uh and offered him fifty thousand dollars to tweet something i don't know pro biden or something and he said like no and i even thought about that i put myself in that position it's like i mean i wouldn't take that kind of money um to do something that is against my views you know and and, and we, we we shouldn't you know we're not doing this for the money <laughs> uh uh yeah i'm talking about us now ruckus but um i hope more of this sort of stuff comes out i don't know if you caught james o'keefe's latest drop which was pretty crazy uh he was with a capitol hill intern which revealed how members of congress are coerced to vote a certain way through blackmail and extortion after affairs and sex parties He's got that on video. Wow. Yeah, James O'Keefe is the king of the gotcha videos. Um, you know what I got? I have to see the blackmail thing. Okay, so there's this idea. He's saying that her campaign, basically her, right? You know, by proxy or whatnot, but that they, they're threatening him with blackmail, that they're threatening to release more audio. And I... I kind of believe that. I know that sounds crazy, but the reason is like, why else would he come out and say such a damning statement for himself, indicating that he may have said some really disturbing and embarrassing things that he doesn't want the public to know? He threw himself under the bus. I don't think he would do that just to make up a story. So I suspect for whatever reason, just based on the evidence, I'm just trying to think like a detective here. I think somebody from Lake's team really did threaten to drop more audio. And I'm very curious to know what this guy's afraid of. Um, and we'll never know. Also, there's there's no mention. Everybody wants to know who are these powerful men from the East that he was talking about that were ready to put all this money behind her stepping down. We'll never know that either. You know, it's a wild story, man. It's the Chinese. It's some Russian oligarch. Um, yeah, it's or the East. It could be East Coast USA. It could be China. <laughs> who, who, um, 
Yeah, who knows? But uh, let's keep following these developments. I, I don't. I believe Carrie's been uh, on DT Network previously, and yeah, she's you know one of the few good, good, good women, good men and women uh, still with us. The Clay Higgins, you know, the Rand Pauls, Thomas Massey's, the Carrie Lakes, Tulsi Gabbard's. Um, everyone is flawed in some way, but uh, that's our motley crew there, our ragtag group. Uh, all right, we'll we'll have uh, David Goslin joining us from Canada. Phone calls are, are welcome. Questions through the chat or email. We'll be right back. TNT's Darren Denslow. Yeah, I'm talking about the illness. Actually, that has done has been doing the rounds. Not have we only seen a uh, a mass influx of people waving their COVID tests online. Look, I got a red line. It's like, oh my god, people are testing. Or people, you know, trying to encourage others to wear their masks. Um, but there has been a talk of a dry cough. There have been doctors coming out saying we've seen loads of cases of that. Uh, have you been suffering from, you know, a bit of cough and flu or cold or COVID? Well, Darren, I, COVID. I, I just, I just did my eighth test, oh, and okay. um, I, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get lines and lines. Why? Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored News. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right, on Monday, I had a Canadian guest, Tim Owen. Tuesday, we had Terry Wolf from Manitoba. Uh, and and uh, this time, we've got David Gosselin joining us. He's a student of classics and languages based in Montreal. He speaks five languages, including Arabic and Italian. His poems, translations, and essays can be found at thechainedmuse.com uh, and his other website, ageofmuses.substack.com. Follow him on all of his channels. Uh, welcome back, David. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Canada represent. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, you know, I, I always love your writing. Uh, you, you've written some interesting pieces recently. Uh, one of them was Meet the Artist Behind the Artist from the Doors and Crowley to Lady Gaga and uh, Abramovich. Um, and, uh, and a more recent one from Event 201 to Sparse 2025, Predictive Programming, The Future in You. And of course, I believe the um, uh, those uh, out in Davos, the World Economic Forum. I th I'm guessing they're winding down their little shindig, but um, yeah, you know, what, what have you been uh, really digging into or what's been most on your mind regarding some of these uh, topics? Yeah, well, the, um, the SPARS 2025 has been the latest for sure. And uh, that's really on the most recent John Hopkins Center for Health Security uh, simulation, as they call it, of the future pandemic but in this case, I mean, the, it's, it's really trying to work out the communication dilemmas. So the, the idea is there's always rehearsals, right? Just like in any sort of mock crisis, uh, you, you always want to be prepared. So in this case, the narrative is 
you know, how would we handle, you know, how do we handle adverse side effects? How do we handle, you know, what happens when people start to like found their own blogs and stuff and they're, um, you know, they're coming up with their own uh, analyses, pro uh, diagnostics and all that. So all that to say, I mean, it's part of this idea of predictive programming, which I think if we zoom out, whether we're in a it's a movie or it's like a mock crisis scenario, uh, the idea is we're, we're rehearsing, we're playing something out in our imaginations. And I'd say that that really is in our modern age, right? Fifth generation warfare and all that. Uh, the imagination is really one of the key battlegrounds. Yeah, and you know, I, I like one of the quotes where you write here, quote, today demoralization and flooding the field has become one of the key psychological weapons used to induce populations to disassociate, escape reality, and set aside their ideals in the interest of more um, immediate survival. And I'm sure we've been seeing that with some people, but I think it's important as well that they practice this stuff, you know, they're simulating and, and, and they put it out through the art, right? Through music. I've been watching, catching up on the, the, the pandemic themed, um, arts, right? Utopia TV show, uh, contagion from 2011. Um, now they're putting out, leave the world behind civil war. Uh, it's just, it's, it's ad nauseum, uh, David. Yeah. And I mean, that's, um, the, the basically, you know, it's like, it's, I, I think we, we can have, we do want to step back and, you know, there's, there's a word for this. Number one, it's called priming. So in the behavioral science jargon, which is what, you know, a lot of the messaging today, it's, it's all behavioral science. That's the sort of, that's where the spell books are. And uh, priming is the idea that by exposing people, we, we respond to subconscious cues. And so one of the key concepts is the idea of playing out scenarios. So visualizations, uh, this psycho-cybernetics, actually, which came out of the earlier wartime cybernetics, uh, all this stuff has to do with playing out scenarios, visualizations, uh, so that you basically, if you've already experienced it in your imagination, you know, like, what do the people in the Hunger Games, what does the protagonist in the Hunger Games do? Uh, you know, it's like there's 13 districts, the world system is kind of already, uh, it's a post-apocalyptic sort of uh, situation. If we think about even a lot of the alt media scenes or like, you know, quote unquote, black pilled, it's kind of like they're already living in that, right? And it's not to like cast aspersions or anything, but this idea of rehearsing is very powerful. You know, there's a reason athletes, there's a reason like all sorts of a lot of high performance, a lot of self-help stuff, psycho-cybernetics, visualizations are key. And if we think of movies and the, the cinema world as sort of an extension of playing things out, uh, it has very profound effects, you know? And I just give one example, like as a counterpoint, you know, banking system crashes, right? With everybody having had all these doomsday scenarios, how are they thinking about it? You know, what if instead we had a banking holiday, right? We put the banks into bankruptcy reorganization. You know, you just explain to people what's being done like it was done in the 1930s. You're not playing end time scenarios at that point. But how often do we rehearse uh, these more adaptive uh, scenarios, right?
Yeah, and it's you know interesting. I was mentioning yesterday how Singapore is going to have like their first ever of its kind national simulation simulating cyber cyber attack, uh, food security systems going down, water, and it's the first ever of that kind. So again, it's like you you, you mentioned the, the the films that are coming out, the announcement at Cyber Polygon. Now you've got governments actually preparing for those uh, actual. Um, scenarios and I, I i did uh just one more just your thought on this news item i i caught today from space.com which says pentagon moves to declassify secrets some secret space programs in tech and they 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 say um where is it <laughs> i just lost it but they they say basically the reason that they're doing this is so that they can share um the technology some of this technology with private companies and their allies which kind of just makes me think of what they've been doing all along no with darpa with the internet with facebook with gps and all these other technologies yeah i mean there's always yeah the, the priming thing i think is pretty big like what's the intention exactly in this case and yeah we're sharing technologies and uh, you know, we've heard all the, as well, the uh, the UFO, when I think like secret technologies are advanced and we're sharing them, it starts that, you know, we've heard about all the UFO stuff and like, where is this going to go? But uh, yeah, we're like living in a bad movie, right? In a certain sense. But a lot a lot of the, the scripts are actually pretty obvious and they're not that compelling. Uh, you know, the bad guys aren't really that good script writers, uh, to be, to be honest, right? Once we get past and I guess Hollywood, the decline of Hollywood is maybe not a bad metaphor for that, right? Like we're just not digging these these bad movies anymore. Uh, and I think the flip side, therefore, is that we do have to be able to uh, visualize and imagine something different, right? If we don't want to be, uh, you know, caught in this Hunger Games style world, right? And a lot of it being aimed at younger people, there does have to be an idea of the future, you know, where there is no vision, the people perish, as the proverb goes. So I think that's the flip side. So yeah, for the technology, I mean, they're always, yeah, who, who can be sure what it means? But um, I think just being aware is actually the key. You know, there's all this priming going on. And what's the intention? How am I supposed to feel about this message? How am I supposed to feel? And then we can kind of look from a distance and see if it really makes sense. Yeah, I want to get your your further thoughts on us living in our own uh, dystopia and just the characters you mentioned. Like I was reading an article today, John Bolton. Again, it's like every time he speaks, he says the th same thing. He's like, "It's time to bomb Iran," you know. And it's just like at least give us something new. It's always the same, you know. John Bolton, they roll him out, bomb Iran, bomb Iran, bomb Iran. Nothing new uh, there. We're gonna jump real quick to our headlines. News doesn't stop breaking. And we don't take a break from covering it. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. On Tuesday night, following former President Donald Trump's successive wins in the first two nominating states, President Joe Biden effectively initiated the general election campaign. On Wednesday, North Korea launched an unspecified number of cruise missiles into the sea off its west coast. 
an action reported by the South Korean military and one that could heighten tensions on the Korean peninsula. In Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, a tragic incident occurred when a truck carrying 60 tons of liquefied natural gas collided with a car and exploded near a market early Wednesday. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Talking to David Gosselin, check out his Substack, Age of Muses, that's substack.com. His work is also reposted to places like Matt Eretz, Canadian, um, is it CanadianPatriot.org. Uh, and just on, you know, going back to explore a bit further what you said, which I think is important. As you said, they're priming us. And in, in, in many ways, they get us to fall into this trap on our own and 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 like it like you know you talk a lot about huxley how we learn to love our servitude and th these dystopias you know in many ways uh and i've been guilty of this in my life where you know you you read the sci-fi literature you get into alt media you listen to alex jones you look uh, where the alt media itself is hyping up selling fear porn and then you start to live like your day-to-day -day life like Oh my goodness tomorrow they're going to shut off my bank account or you know blah 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 they're going to zap me with 5g at midnight you know and uh it's like we're, we're, but if we just stop thinking like that it's like what's well, it's not like that bad <laughs> yeah you know just any further thoughts on this mindset yeah well i think that's that's the thing right just being aware because it's not like we're saying there aren't really bad things out there or very bad actors you know, not just bad movies, but there's bad actors as well. Um, but I think it's the flip side, you know, like if we if we don't want to live in a dystopia, surely we have to be able to imagine something else and sort of kind of act on it uh, without being, you know, starry eyed. So, yeah, I think part of breaking the predictive programming, the conditioning uh, is, you know, I think we all need a bit of time away from the the. the the Amazon Prime, ironically, it's called Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hollywood stuff. Uh, because, yeah, I don't know. I, I stopped watching it about a year ago because it, it's just it, it, zombie apocalypse after like dystopia, after, you know, Hunger Games. And you're just like, how is this good for people or for any of us? And uh, yeah, so I, I do think we we want to stay creative and uh, stay away from the the conditioning, but again, yeah, get excited about you know what's the alternative, you know. Yeah, and I I've been thinking about this recently as well, where I just haven't felt like consuming this stuff that they're offering to us, like whether it's insane music or you know these films that are always just death and murder and explosions and, and apocalyptic, and it's just like how is that that's feeding me right that's going into my mind there's subliminal messages there emotions and feelings and it's just going to give me angst and and worry and stress and it's just like i don't think that's healthy for a human to consume you think about little kids it's like no they need to look at stuff that's wholesome that that's that's positive as you say that's why i think i i like what you do you deal with poetry and uh, the classics and stuff like that that's important that's gonna help us move forward and then you know any other thoughts um you look at some of the projections in this piece about uh you know the fourth industrial revolution the gig economy um uh you know thoughts on that or, or davos which seems to be wrapping up and they they never fail davos if you saw some of the clips every year they give us the most insane uh 
things coming out of Davos. They're saying coffee is bad now. Do not touch my coffee. They, they've crossed the Rubicon now. Too much CO two. No more coffee. Um, and the, the, what you know, they're worried about the narrative, the, the information. They're going after that. They're, they're nuts. So, any any thoughts um, about uh, Davos twenty twenty four? Yeah. Well, I mean, I first to speak to the first point. I think. Yeah, rediscovering the classics, that's also coming back as well, right? People are getting excited about, you know, rediscovering classical wisdom, ancient wisdom, uh, you know, Christianity, and sort of what do these things look like today? You know, because I think sometimes we get caught in this. One of the things I, I deal with over at the, the Chained Muse and Age of Muses is the idea of, you know, one of the mistakes people make is we think back to like, we imagine there's some golden age that we have to go back to like ancient Greece or the Renaissance or, you know, the time of Jesus. But if you went back to any of those times, right, we'd realize that, hey, like things were actually not perfect or there's a lot of problems in any of those ages, you know, Plato and the 30 tyrants, uh, you know, you could go back. Um, so I think the idea is reviving the best of what, you know, rediscovering the best of what made Western civilization great and rediscovering it within our own age, you know, it's going to take on new forms, you know, we, you get, there's going to be new stories, or we're going to revisit uh, old stories in new ways. And that's starting, uh, we're seeing like fairy tales are actually making a comeback. Uh, Jonathan Pajot, also Canadian from Quebec, uh, shout out. Uh, he's rewriting, redoing, revisiting the old fairy tales and stuff. And so I think if we get excited about that timeless wisdom, right and and sort of timeless timelessness you know eternal laws and principles all that stuff's on our side you know at the end of the day the universe is on our side it's not on the side of like hunger game you know 13 districts uh you know elite uh trying to you know rule over that it's not really it's not on their side and i think we're starting to see we are seeing cracks in the narratives and in the in the facade so I think that's, if anything, encouragement for us to lean in, you know, to our better traditions and to build on them. I think that's really the key. We're not just looking back to some past golden age, but we're looking to the best and building on it. Yeah, and I would just add something here. And this sentiment, I think, um, comes also from the classical world. You know, the movies like 300. Um and the, the, these ideals, the heroism, willing to die for what you believe in. And I just think going forward, as you mentioned, there's cracks now, but they're moving ahead with their diabolical global plans that we need to be willing to suffer going forward. Like, you know, being a soldier on D-Day um, in, in, in Normandy, that we have to be willing to lose our jobs, our livelihoods, our reputations, perhaps even our lives to to take this thing down and you know i would agree with you maybe for with a different scenario uh, or for different reasons that in the end we we do win as you know you mentioned the universe um but i think between now and then there's a lot of pain suffering death and we have to be willing to go through that um fire so any thoughts on that as well as um davos uh, this year right well yeah i mean i'd say again None of us have a, uh, we, we can't foresee the future, but, and history doesn't repeat. It's like become a cliche that history rhymes though. The, you know, the, these WAF 
Borg cube type, uh, you know, transhumanist bad guys, if you will. You know, the, these people have been, have lost, been defeated before, you know, like everything didn't go according to plan with World War II. They didn't get their world government with the League of Nations uh, and they didn't get it with World War II. And obviously, you know, uh, they're not going to stop trying. That's, that's the nature of evil. But yeah, I think we just have to sort of, we have to remember that humanity has overcome. And yes, in whether in warfare, uh, to lay our, our uh, lives down, right, for, for a brother, as they say, there, there's nothing nobler. So, yeah, I mean, there's the saying, uh, expect the best, prepare for the worst. As long as we're, you know, in touch with our deeper self and humanity, then I think we're equipped and, and we surround ourselves with, you know, the kind of good classical culture and the things that made, allowed us to build Western civilization, the values, the principles. Yeah, the rest, we have no control over. Um, you know, that's, but we can, what we have control over is what we, uh, we choose to do, like the book of Job, you know, bad things can happen, sure. Uh, but, you know, the moral of the story is still that you, there is a good, there's a thing, and we do have to have some faith, right? And and you mentioned how they haven't ever stopped plotting, you know, to take over the planet. But that, you know, on the flip side, that also means that humanity has never stopped fighting tyranny and and keeping it at at, at bay. And so we just we're, we we we're, we're keeping this dance going for thousands and thousands of uh, years. It's interesting. You you talk about masters of our fates. You say ra rather than the revival of pagan mystery cults, Gnostic earth worship, or just living out a bad sci-fi movie. You know what does the world look like in which classical education and a timeless Western tradition finds new life? Um, today, I mean, do, do you see what might be some examples that you're witnessing at a you know micro um, level? Uh, I'm seeing a lot of homeschooling all over the place. That's like one push in that direction. You're seeing innovative ideas now when it comes to politics. There, there are people now just leaving urban areas and founding entire um, communities and towns with one you know, vision towards this end, I think, which you speak of. And so, um, and any, any things that you're seeing here? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I read a great article by Ted Joya, which was the, the war of the macro culture versus the micro culture. Ted Joya is a, he's got like 70,000 subscribers on Substack, jazz music scholar, uh, very smart guy. And he was just observing that it's actually, it's the little uh, guys that are are taking over the big guys like the little the you the, from the youtube uh to i said that the youtube i said it like i'm i'm 80 years old um but you know there's the micro cultures are the independent creators and the growth they they're just comparing like the ad revenue and all the stuff that's generated collectively from the micro culture versus the macro culture disney's you know the these big companies they're they're tanking Right, Hollywood movies—they're—they're they're still getting ready to pour out, uh, put out more, like Marvel superhero slop, you know. So I think there's the rise of microcultures and independent creators, uh, independent uh, thinkers and ideas, as cliche as that sounds. But it's like there is one difference. It's not just five media companies anymore. 
right? It's not, the gatekeepers have been dealt uh, a serious blow. And yeah, now it's a bit of the Wild West. So you got like a lot of information and it can be overwhelming and there's like really good stuff along with like crazy stuff and it's kind of all mixed together. It's kind of like a winner's shopping. You kind of have to choose the good stuff from the, but uh, I think that's, that's real, you know, and we're seeing a lot. I, I'm reading a surprising amount of good stuff. We just made our first film, actually short film, uh, but just adapting poems and turning them into compelling and, and moving videos. And so I think we're just beginning to see uh, this, like the microculture overtaking the macroculture, alt media overtaking mainstream media. It's kind of exciting. And th that's an effective um, battleground right there. Uh, a lot of people that I talk to, um, if we can vote with our money enough, that will collapse, as you say, some of these systems push them over the edge or you know, what we're seeing with the EVs, Toyota just said this week, um, you know, no more than 30% of the global car market will be EVs. It's just not people aren't buying them. And, you know, last week I was at the Greater greater Reset, the anti-Davos conference here in Morelia, Mexico. And, uh, you know, just some great independent unknown musicians that you'd never heard of there was this ukrainian american lady and I, I was talking to her in the speaker's lounge and like i had no idea who she was and she was performing that night and it just blew me out of the water and then you, you know you, her name is aurelia um and then you can find like her you can buy her music uh, independently online it's like man i'm gonna buy her album and i'm just gonna disengage from what the mainstream entertainment industry gives us uh, anymore and i think as you say that's the way to go whether it's supporting like outlets like yours where you've got um you know written material or musicians yeah, we... right new liar uh, or you know musicians the the five times august uh this person that i just saw graded resets um koki who i had on the program a few months ago musician out of california movies as well we had jones plantation film uh we've had legal man on the show so films literature uh music let's just throw away the mainstream and start supporting uh, the independent folks we're gonna jump david to our break we'll be right back from weather and traffic reports to news of political developments we turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide the news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. Domestic journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. 
C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je ne m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with a free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Our final segment with David Goslin of ageofmuses.substack.com, uh, as well as uh, the other websites, newliar.substack.com and thechainedmuse.com, I think. Uh, it is is it yeah the chainmuse.com um and and before continuing i did want to just get your reaction since you're up in canada uh the news yesterday the day before that the court ruled against uh saying what trudeau did during covid 1984 the, the freedom convoys was uh illegal unconstitutional but uh no one gets in trouble right it, life life goes on what what's your reaction to that right well yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what happens, right? We don't want to, I don't believe in, you know, getting too excited over victories before. But, I mean, as other people have observed, the the trucker convoy was, without doubt, arguably, the, the most successful protest in Canadian history, but really even one of the most successful protests in modern history. Just the way it happened uh, and how fast it happened. And the government backed down. And there's been a lot of, like, narrative psyopy stuff to make it seem like there wasn't a major defeat uh dealt but there was and so now like we'll see what's happening here you know the battle continues but yeah i'm surprised you know canada was we're supposed to be well-behaved and you know obedient citizens and yet i think that's one of the you know poetic sort of ironies that we see in history these things just you we never know where it's going to come from uh, but something just happens right the good kind of breaks in and catches us by surprise and, and speaking of the trucker convoy by the way i had on uh, i just noticed this morning tucker carlson's latest um interview was with canadian trucker uh gord i think gord mcgill of autonomous truckers and substack i had gord uh, on the show i think last year uh for the first time on tnt and so he does really great work you, you follow his substack uh, no, but I should, now that you've told me, I, the, I will. The, the, okay. I think he calls it the voice of Gord, uh, like playing on the voice of God term. But um, yeah, getting back to what we were talking about, you also, you mentioned you've got this new film. Um, if you want to tell us about this, it's, it's. Uh, you know, I've seen Matt Errett produce mini docs with his wife. 
uh, which is a very cool thing to be doing. Not yeah. many people are doing doing that anymore, but um, you you've started as well uh, in your area, more related to culture and art. The, the angel with the broken wing. If you want to tell us a bit about that, yeah. So it's an adaptation of a poem by the former poet laureate Dana Joya of California. And I mean, this is a top tier poet. This is basically you can imagine. You know, this is like a living Robert Frost, and very very good stuff, timeless stuff. And so we adapted it, uh, you know, did it in a church, filmed in a church, and you have the voiceover. So I did the voiceover, basically, so we're reviving the art of poetic recitation, you know, playing around with storytelling. And the plan is to make a whole series, you know, 10, 12 films in a series and just get the ball rolling there. I have a friend who uh, studied filmmaking and Again, there's a lot of independent creators who actually want to create. And I think when we have a vision and bringing people together around the common vision of sort of breaking the the cultural uh, narrative and all that, the cultural matrix, that's exciting. I think people can get behind that. And to what you were just saying before, um, I think the the independent creators, it is exciting. Like, that's great. You were saying how you're having different artists and and creators on, yeah, I think we definitely need more of that kind of thing where, you know, we have all these platforms and the next step is really community building, right? In the sense that right now there's still a lot of like, everybody's siloed, everybody has like their own thing that they're doing in their own corner. But again, just imagine if the good guys were as organized as the bad guys, I mean, no contest, you know, who would, so I think this idea of community is is very important and that's what we're seeing you know so yeah like tnt does great work just kind of bringing all sorts of creative independent people on board also all sorts of crazy people on board and i'm saying that in a good way now um and, and just to add you know i i think it's good important the work that you're doing because i think a lot of us i think because of social media and the technocracy we've lost interest in a lot of the stuff we were supposed to be interested in you know as fiction poetry literature everyone's just video games you, you look anywhere you go outside people who are like waiting for a, the, the bus or the train or they're all just playing stupid games on their phones instead of you know reading uh, fiction poetry you know art and so we have to get that back and um, my kids in the homeschool they're learning how to recite poetry and i'm i'm amazed like you can remember all that <laughs> i need to, i need to start practicing uh memorizing the quotes i think it's a good practice uh we, we got about five minutes left um i don't know if you wanted to uh you know what else you wanted to touch on or your article from December, which is also interesting uh, on, on uh, meeting the artists behind the artists, uh, but you know, other thoughts. Right, well, yeah, I mean, uh, that that was another one. There's, there's a lot of deep dives coming. So for people that wanna keep up on the sort of cultural warfare, cultural psyops and new uh, good culture scene, uh, check us out at ageofmuses.substack.com. We have our, so we have a physical journal as well, New Liar, so this is our, fifth issue and we publish original uh, poetry essays stories and translations so the idea is really i think we need a full spectrum sort of cultural mecca that's what we're looking to build where you have writers right you have film you have music composition and i think what's most important 
is really the 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 morale you know like the uh, i've said this before uh, john rawlings reese the founder of tavistock institute you know nerve center of anglo-american psychological operations he said uh, winning wars is not about killing it's about destroying the enemy's morale while maintaining one's own i think that's crucial if you want to have morale people got to have things that they're actually excited about doing that they can participate in. And then when we do that, it's not like a psyopy thing, the, the natural goodness and creativity in people is allowed to just flow. And I think that's the key. I think we saw that with the trucker protest as well, that deeper goodness in people, it just, it finds a release. It's allowed to flow. And then people that, you know, people act in very different ways or they're able to accomplish things that, you know, we maybe didn't expect from them. And, you know, that's part of the magic, right? So that thing happens on its own. And the key is just, you know, making sure uh, we remind uh, people that it's there and poetry, you know, the mother of all the muses is Nemose. She's the goddess of memory. And so, She's the goddess of all the muses of all the arts. So art is really, I think, they're reminders, right? They're there to remind us that there's something deeper and to awaken that so that it takes a life of its own versus conditioning, right? This predictive programming, uh, it's, yeah, it's not real, right? It's just conditioning you to accept false narratives and think that they're your own. So that's not really art. Yeah, and I think that's an extremely important point uh what you just mentioned the morale because part of the thing about freaking out too much about dystopia or being blackpilled is that that that's it's game over basically there's no more morale um and we we give up uh and and so as you say we have to keep finding ways to keep going on for some people they're, they're different things but as long as long as all of us individually you know respectively are keep on trucking on um and and you, your um journal there the new liar how long has it been in the printed um edition it's twice a year uh so this is the fifth issue so the idea is like this is this is hefty you know this this will keep people busy there's the whole uh vida beethoven so the life of beethoven that was translated by a contributor somebody who just reached out and they sent the whole translation of uh, the life of Beethoven by a, a French music scholar. So like, yeah, I mean, getting in, that's the kind of stuff that we want to put out, you know? So why not re revisit the life of Beethoven, right? There's plenty, plenty of friendly reminders, right? Of what mankind is capable of when they, they get in touch with that uh, deeper Promethean spark, if you will. So yeah, that's the kind of stuff that we're focused on bringing regularly on top of all the free stuff and uh, on our j online platforms. Yeah, and other people have started that route as well. I've had Corey Haig of Liberty Uncensored on. I mean, he didn't come to the Greater Reset this year, but I saw him last year, and um, he 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 made it a point to publish a physical local newspaper. Uh, and and then what you're doing as well, we have to get back into the analog, into the physical, because you know the, they can erase with a button uh, everything online. Always great catching up with you. David, we got about um, 45 seconds left. Tell us again all of your websites and, and projects. Yeah, so Age of Muses, one word, dot substack.com, or just search Age of Muses online, Substack. 
and uh, The Chained Muse. So that's our journal of arts and letters with a bit of uh, intellectual bite, some polemics. And then we have our physical journal, which you can find if you go to either of those two. So Age of Muses or The Chained Muse. Check us out. People can also find you on Twitter, X at Gosselin underscore B. Oh, so yeah. follow, follow David and we'll talk again at some point in the near future. Thanks for having me.